0: Kannada. Kannada.
1: <laughs> from speaking from speaking the Kanada language. The, yeah. We because it's a state, right? Is it? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh God! We should have researched this. <laughs> We're off to a fantastic start. <laughs> Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie.
0: And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Kanadian girls. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Full disclosure, Kim and I just had a whole conversation about whether Kanada was a state. It is not. Um, So we know that now. Kannada is a language, but still, I stand by what I said
1: before. Yes, there's so much for us to learn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but let's, in this moment, we will get back to our movie, which is our first ever, for both of us, Kannada language film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie was called Nanu Ladies, which fit in perfectly with our LGBTQ plus series of movies for the month of June, for Pride yes. Months. I loved it.
0: I um, really did, too. It packed an emotional punch that I wasn't expecting. Like I had yeah. joked last week that it would make me cry, mm-hmm. and it didn't. It was so bittersweet. I think that's the. I think that's the emotion. But I was like, there was this heaviness, and at the same time, this lightness. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna be like unpacking this for days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I think that's such a good way of putting it—the bittersweet thing yeah. because. There is so much beauty to it, and then there Mm -hmm. is so much anger and frustration to the way that the characters behave in the second half of the movie, but still it's so relatable and human. Yeah. I think that was what stuck out to me the most, was that it it
0: feels like the point was less the fact that they're two women who love each other, Mm -hmm. and more just the fact that they're in a normal relationship. Yeah. Yeah undergoing daily stress and that they're both growing and changing as people and it reminded me a lot of um chalte chalte in Ooh, that way yeah
1: yeah a little
0: bit like i was like we don't often see people already in a relationship yes and what does that look like 6 or 7 years down the line so it was really powerful
1: That's a great comparison. Yeah. Seeing that, you know, the story about people who are already in love, who are struggling in very realistic ways with what it means to live with a partner and to grow and change as individuals while also trying to be together in a couple. If we think back to what some of the criticisms were about the movie we watched for last week, um, SMZS, it's it's the kind of story that is just about like these are two gay men and here yeah. here are the things they experience as two gay men and this is like no here are two humans right and yes the first half of the movie is very much about their journey to finding love as two gay women but here is just the way that people naturally move through a relationship and mm-hmm you know, it was nice to see a story that isn't this depiction of a gay couple as needing to fit into these boxes that I think was, was again, one of the main criticisms of SMZS.
0: That's what I was just thinking about. And I was like, the difference is probably that the writer and director and star Yep. (laughs) You know, was writing from her real life experiences. And so it comes across as a lot more authentic because it is.
1: Yeah. Yep. Let's say now then, Shailaja Padindala is the name of the, you know, she plays the lead in the movie, Anita. She's also the writer and the director of this film. And Maideni Kalamain plays Padma. So these are our two main characters in this movie and really phenomenal work from both of them.
0: Yeah, their performances, again, it just, it felt so real and yeah. so well-rounded, too. Mm -hmm. That it's not like one of them's perfect and one of them's the villain. They both could be doing certain things better. Um,
1: Yes, absolutely. Like a real relationship. Exactly. (laughs) It's complicated and people are complicated and that's what this movie shows us. Mm -hmm. Um, It was interesting, you know, going back and listening to some of our conversation from last week um, about SMZS and this movie is still not quite to the point where the characters don't need to prove that it's okay for them to be, you know, moving through the world as two queer individuals. But still, even so, the fight that they have to have feels very authentic. And also we get this whole second half where it's a story about being human.
0: Right. Yeah, I felt like the balance here was perfect. As far as like reflecting the actual struggle that does still happen for many, many queer people in India today. And I would say that was maybe a quarter of the movie. And then by the second half, it's like everyone knows that these two women are romantically cohabitating. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, yeah, okay, we accept that. So that's no longer on the table as being part of the plot, which I really appreciated. That balance felt chef's kiss (laughs) today. Absolutely,
1: yeah. So we open with two young girls who are growing up together and falling in love and starting to have a a physical relationship. We kind of were with them from the time where they're maybe like 12 through maybe like 18. So one of these young women is Padma, who ends up being one of the the leads Mm. of, of our movie. And in the midst of this love story, we do see this moment where Padma is on the bus and she gets groped by a man who is standing behind her. Um, And she asks the woman who's standing in front of her to, like, come and stand in between her and this man who is groping her. And the Mm. woman is like, you're mistaken. That's not what's happening. And also, even if it is, it's clearly your fault because you're not dressing appropriately. Like, right off the bat, we're having some social commentary, and I yes. love it. <laughs> right out the gate. Yeah, right away, we're getting this commentary on what it's like to be a woman mm-hmm. as well as a gay person in India. So Padma's girlfriend ends up getting married off to another man, and it's it's very sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she just, like, cries Yeah, alone on a river. I was like, this is a whirlwind of an opening, like,
1: sequence. So we jump a few years into the future and we meet Anita, who is an aspiring actress. And we see her getting her hair and makeup done for a performance that she's about to do on screen. Um, And the woman who's doing her hair and makeup takes this opportunity to criticize everything about her appearance. Yep. She says she's too dark, she's too hairy, her hair is too messy. And she ends up getting fired from this movie set and the director is like she's a random dark-skinned boy in a dress like get rid of her Mm -hmm. this
0: woman anita is having to deal with these comments literally daily yep and her reaction to it is always the same like yeah oh thanks Uh (laughs) Mm uh-huh kudos to her for figuring out how to just not let that bother her and live life according to the way she wants to i'm yep impressed by that
1: Gosh, yeah, because I'm sure it's unbelievably frustrating for her to move through the world in this way. Um, Because the next thing that we see is Anita on the bus, Mm -hmm. just minding her own business, and she's sitting in a ladies-only seat. And Padma gets on the bus and sees her and is like, hey, you need to move. You're a boy and you're sitting in a ladies-only seat. And Anita's like, I am, in fact, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like to sit in this seat for women. Padma realizes her mistake. She sits down next to Anita. She kind of, kind of checks her out. <laughs> yeah, now she
0: seems intrigued. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Um, and she's noting, noticing how Anita's dressed in a more... I'm going to say a more masculine style, you know, just understanding the problematicity. Within the context of of the film, yeah, exactly. Her legs are bare. She's wearing jean shorts, and she's wearing, and, and her legs aren't shaved. And multiple other people assume that Anita is a boy over the course of this bus ride. And so eventually Anita just gives up and she moves to another seat. And I want to mention here too, coincidentally, like a couple weeks ago before watching this movie, I was reading an article about spaces like this. Specifically, the article I was reading was about like women only train cars in Japan Mm. and how things like this exist to... Quote unquote, protect women. Uh huh. But really, they make women targets in the other spaces that they would ordinarily, hopefully, be able to comfortably move through. Yeah. Like the assumption then being that any woman who's not sitting in a ladies only seat wants to be bothered. Exactly, wants (laughs) to be talked to by a man. So I just wanted to mention that because. Yeah. These are all a product of a patriarchal society. And even though they're trying to protect women, they are actually just perpetuating this issue of women being in danger. Yeah. Thanks for Um, that. That, Thanks for that, Kim. It makes (laughs) it sound like I can
0: mean it. But I'm like, no, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so Padma lives in a ladies' hostel. um, And there's this guy, Mohan, who is basically stalking her. Yep. Um, he wants to marry her. He's been sending her gifts. He's been telling her like you should marry me because I come from a wealthy family, and if you marry me, then you won't have to work. You won't even have to do housework. You can just live this comfortable life. And Padma is not at all interested in this. For one thing, she's interested in women. <laughs> For another thing, she wants to pay her own way in life. She. We learn that she has come to the city to study art. Um, she doesn't want the kind of life as a housewife that mohan is offering her and then we see anita go to a barber shop because as she says ladies hairdressers don't get her style and unisex hairdressers are too expensive Um, and she's getting her hair cut for a gig uh, and she asks for oopies style
0: i love that the hairdresser like pushes back once and yeah. says, No, you'll want to go to the ladies' hairdresser down the street. And then after hearing Anita's explanation, he's like, Ah hey, yeah, come on. Like, all right. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I like that you you see some real examples of queer phobia in this movie, but you also see a lot of examples of accepting and like loving yeah. acceptance. But yeah, I really liked seeing that.
1: I agree. You're you're absolutely right. It's a good moment where the I almost said the bartender, um the barbie <laughs> That'd very be funny. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to put in a little note here. Upendra Rao is a Kannada filmmaker um, who is also very active in politics and supports democratic socialist governance for yes. the laboring classes. So he feels just like an excellent hero for Anita and the rest of us to have. Yeah. And honestly, I like that haircut. I do too. Yeah. Anita's hair. Looks very different in each moment in the movie. Yeah. And it looks great the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I support it the whole way through. But after this barbershop exchange, we get a dance number. Yes. I am going to be honest, I was not expecting there to be like a full on dance number in this movie. And I was delighted that I was wrong. <laughs> it was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Sadly, I could not figure out what the title to this number is. It is not on YouTube. It is not accessible to us on Spotify. Mm. But it was still very fun. And in English, the refrain was something like, we've been voting so much that our fingers are bent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, good vibes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like, whoa, this, it felt like, not in a bad way, but it it did feel like a little bit out of context from the rest of the film. And I was like, okay, what's happening? And then I wasn't sure if this is commentary on like the queer community voting on various things and making their voices heard and nothing is really changing, which we will learn more about later. But yeah, it was a really, it was a really good song.
1: Yeah, no, I th- that was that was the way I kind of interpreted mm-hmm. it as well. And also, we're seeing this kind of commentary on gender norms here because Anita is wearing a lungi over yeah. her shorts, which would be a traditionally masculine garment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also see some men wearing saris at another mm-hmm. point in the song. But so after the song, uh, we see Anita getting home. And her dad berates her for coming home late and for dancing to earn money. And he literally beats her so badly that the next day she has a bruise on her face. Yeah. Um, And we also see Anita record this whole exchange with her father. Mm -hmm. But so the next morning she goes to the park. She meets up with some friends and Padma is there actually drawing these friends. Because we've seen that this is a way that Padma earns money. And everyone is, like, standing around admiring Padma's work, and then Padma looks up and she recognizes Anita, and she asks if they can talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Padma ends up asking if she can draw Anita, and she says that she doesn't want any money to do this, she just needs a good subject. And Anita's a little, like, you know, her hackles are a little bit raised here because Mm. they had kind of an uncomfortable bus encounter. But then she notices that Padma has a blood stain on her pants. Yeah. Um, And so she offers her a pad and she says, like, hey, girl, like, I've been there. (laughs) She brings her to a public bathroom and she gives her a sweater to tie around her waist. And I, yeah, in watching this moment, I was like, yeah, like, we've all been there. We've all needed a sweater for just that purpose. (laughs) It's just something that happens to all of us. All menstruating people have been in the situation of, like, yes. <laughs> things have gotten out of hand.
0: <laughs> and right, I've we have sister. to get some
1: sort of pro out of this horrible situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the support of your peers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yes, this is a bonding moment for the two women, and they end up getting on a bus together, and Padma shares that she is originally from Bangalore, lots of stuff from Bangalore happening Uh in our recent movies. And her parents were trying to get her to get married, but she was like, nope, not for me, don't want that life, I'm gonna go study art instead. And she shows some of her drawings to Anita and they try to go back to Padma's hostel together. But the warden is this like very strict woman um, and she shoes Anita away thinking that she's a boy. Um, So Anita leaves, but she promises Padma that they'll see each other again. And Anita has she's got this really great confident vibe. yeah. you know, it's attractive I feel like, yeah yeah it's very yeah she it's very inviting and i you could very easily be drawn in by the the kind of energy that she's giving off Anita does eventually ask Padma out and we get a montage of the two of them hanging out together, holding hands and feeding each other. And it's all very sweet. They're developing this really strong, close relationship with one another. Yeah. Eventually, we do see that Padma successfully sneaks Anita into her hostel and they're in Padma's room alone together. And Anita asks Padma if she's ever been kissed on the mouth. Mm-hmm. And Padma says, I've been kissed by a girl, but I haven't been kissed by a boy. Um, and then Anita t- turns in a different direction and she starts talking about being an actor. <laughs> um, and she ends up performing a, like a little monologue for Padma and Padma's super impressed no uh, much like the directors towards the start of the movie and anita's like well come on though i won awards for my impression of Oopy growing up in school and padma's like yeah but you need to figure out your own thing your own style Mm -hmm. and then anita she goes back to (laughs) where she started this whole thing (laughs) yes (laughs) and she asks padma if she can kiss her um and so they kiss and then she asks if she can see Padman naked. Yeah, <laughs> Padma's like, "Yep, sure." <laughs> it's a really comfortable, healthy yeah. depiction
0: of like a, a sexual encounter,
1: right? It's, it's a great which example. Is so lovely. Yeah, of just like how it can be very sexy to just explicitly ask people, "Can I take this next step with you?" And then yeah. to be like, "Yeah, you can." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, very sexy. I am
1: into that. <laughs> We do get what is the most explicit sex scene that I've ever seen in a South Asian movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And after they have had sex, they are having a post-sexual encounter snuggle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Padma does talk about her ex, Majnu, who is the woman that we saw at the start of the movie. And Anita asks Padma if she will ever leave her, and Padma shakes her head. And then as they're getting dressed, Anita returns to the subject of her acting. Um, And Padma actually says, you know, I was thinking about you the other day and I found this pamphlet for an acting school. And so she gives this to Anita and Anita starts going to this acting class that ends up being a really good fit for her. Then we see Padma get a call from Majnu And she hangs up on her like right away. But the warden of Padma's hostel tells her that she's got to move out. Her brother apparently is coming to like take her away to get married back home. Mm -hmm. And Anita, she goes to try to visit Padma at her hostel. Meanwhile, Mohan, the creepy guy, is lurking outside. But Anita ends up like running past him, running past the warden, going up and talking to Padma's roommates who tell her that she she's moved out. She's gone back home to marry a man. Um, and then we see Majnu is helping Padma get ready to meet her potential future husband, and Padma is asking her if she's forgotten everything, forgotten their relationship, and Majnu very much belittles their relationship yeah and she's like, well, we were friends back then, like we were close then, but that's not you know our relationship now because we could never get married or have kids. Mm. Padma makes the very good point that Majnu has a sister who's married who doesn't have kids. Yeah. That companionship doesn't always need to lead to a child. Right. Um, But, you know, Majnu's not really not really leveling with Padma about this. And she gets up and we end up seeing that she is, in fact, pregnant as she walks away. And so the families meet, and Padma, she is just not interested. She's not interested in carrying out this ruse the way that someone like Majnu was able to do. And so she straight up says, I don't want this. I'm in love with a woman, and it's the kind (laughs) of love where I'm not going to leave her to marry someone else. Yeah, huzzah! So it's the real kind. (laughs) And so they leave, the, the, the potential future husband's family, they leave. Meanwhile, Mohan goes to Anita's father and tells him that Anita is in love with his girlfriend. With- and <sighs> it's so gross. Mohan is yeah. the villain of this movie. And he's like, listen, we as men, it's our responsibility to put an end to this kind of thing. Mm hmm. And so Anita and her dad get in a fight. Her dad is pulling her pictures off the wall and Anita hits him Mm -hmm. and then she leaves. Yeah. And she goes and she's staying with her friends and she's trying to remember the name of Padma's village so that she can go and find her when Padma herself (laughs) arrives. Yep. (laughs) And she says that she loves her. They embrace. Padma says that she told her family about Anita and Anita's like, well, did you tell them that I'm a bad actor? (laughs) And it's very sweet and they promise that they're never going to leave one another again and they decide that they're going to live together. And we do see Anita go back home to gather her things and her sister is begging her to stay, begging her dad to convince her to stay, but he does nothing and so Anita does leave.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And then right before intermission, we get the scene of Padma painting Anita to look like the wall behind her.
0: (laughs) It's a great (laughs) piece of art
1: yeah super cool it's like it's like kind of eerie and funky and i liked it a lot
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then we get intermission yeah and that's pretty much the end of the joyfulness of this movie (laughs) yeah because like
0: i'd say you know the end reaches a place of contentment and happiness but it's not the same hopeful joy (laughs)
1: Yeah, we yeah, get resolution, point. but we don't get a happy ending, yeah. I would say. After intermission, it's been six years since mm-hmm. we last saw Padma and Anita. We open on Padma throwing up. Yeah. And as much as I hate that this is the case, anytime I see a woman throwing up in a movie... <laughs> you assume pregnancy? I assume she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because um, that's often the way that we signal that in, mm-hmm. in media. We then see Anita come home, and we see that their life together is not a particularly happy one. Um, Anita is very disrespectful of Padma. She's demanding that she make her chicken. Anita doesn't pay rent. She doesn't really do anything to help around the house. Um, She's still trying to become an actor. And in fact, she has a performance that evening, but it's not really enough. And she's not super successful. She's still very much in the struggling artist phase. Yeah. And we even see her call her acting teacher, Rohini. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about like going to the performance that evening together. And it's very clear that there's something going on here. Yes, very
0: flirtatious.
1: Yes. Padma, meanwhile, she works as an art teacher. Like that's her way of making actual money to support them and their life. Yeah, um, and she's clearly really good at her job. Like the kids love her. Yeah, <laughs> but while she's at work, we do see her take a pregnancy test, and it is positive. Mm-hmm. It kind of looked like a COVID test. Yeah, like at first I was like, "Is this a COVID movie?" <laughs> You know what's so funny is I went back and I watched a different movie where, like, the plot heavily hangs on a woman who's pregnant, and Mm -hmm. it was the same thing as a COVID test. Yeah, with the C and the T. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, COVID? No, pregnancy, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, that night at Anita's performance, Padma, she ends up arriving late, and then she leaves almost immediately, But she's leaving to go and buy chicken so she can make Anita dinner that night when she gets home. And the performance goes well, but when Anita gets home, she and Padma get into an argument. Anita is being super hostile. And she's like, when you ask me this many questions, it makes me think that you've done something wrong. Padma's like, all right, well, I made you chicken for dinner. And Anita's like, well, I already ate. So I'm not interested in that. And... Padma's like okay well you should still be more respectful to me because I went to the effort of making this food for you and Anita accuses her of bribing her to get her to do more housework and so Padma just like you know on the brink of losing it goes and she brings Anita the chicken on a plate made of their unpaid bills (laughs) yep (laughs) very (laughs) passive-aggressive And Anita tosses the chicken away and she eats the bill instead. Yep. And she's like, listen, I don't pay rent because I am committed to being a better actor. And so I need to work on my art. And then she basically accuses Padma of being a sellout for having a day job that pays for their life.
0: Yeah. Um, And
1: meanwhile, she's never gotten like a solo art exhibition.
0: I wanted to shake her. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like opening up act two, it really feels like Anita is a villain. Yes. Yeah. And it was interesting because I was like, it feels like she is behaving the way that we see or have seen some husbands behave in other films that we've Mm -hmm. watched. And I was like, this is interesting.
1: I agree with that. And I had some thoughts about that that I was going to kind of share at the end here, Mm -hmm. but like. Yeah, Anita is a little bit self-involved throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, And she is very preoccupied with this idea of being an actor. It's really come to a head here now, six years later. And so Padma, literally, she falls on her knees and she's asking Anita, like, what happened to us? We were going to have this life together. And Anita says that Padma ruined those plans two months ago when she slept with someone else. So now we know Uh two things one, that Padma's pregnant, and two, that she had sex with a man to become pregnant.
0: And this was the moment when I was like, okay, maybe Anita has some reasons for why she's acting the way she's acting.
1: Absolutely. And so the next day we see Anita in acting class with her teacher, Rohini. Again, it's very clear that there's at least a one sided emotional affair happening here. It doesn't totally seem like Rohini is exactly reciprocating those feelings, but Anita certainly has those feelings for Rohini. Anita gets a call from her sister who says that their dad is in the hospital. And so Rohini drives Anita to the hospital. When she arrives at the hospital, they're happy to see Anita. um, And we learn that Anita's sister has been taking very good care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's even earned enough money to build them a new house. Yes. And her mom says that her sister is like a son to them. And Anita's like, well, what does gender have to do with being able to like make money and build a house? Yeah, agreed. (laughs) It's a great point. (laughs) But so then we see the doctors come out. They explain to Anita that her dad is hypoglycemic. He's in a coma and that she should try to talk to him to trigger his memories. Um, And Anita's like, yeah, no, we don't have Mm -hmm. good memories. Um, And so she goes to the hospital cafe with her mom and her grandma, and she asks her mom how she lived with with her dad for 30 years. And her mom explains that their marriage was always hard work, but when they had kids, that that made it worthwhile. Now,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's not a great reason to have kids. (laughs) No, I think that has happened many, many times in the past. It probably will continue to happen in the future. It's not great, but Anita really takes this to (laughs) heart. Yep. Padma, meanwhile, we see her. She does have her first solo exhibition of her art. And then Mohan, the creepy guy from Act One, shows up. Mm -hmm. And we learn that it was, in fact, Mohan who Padma slept with. And he actually credits himself with getting her this exhibition because his wife's parent is the owner of this gallery. Right.
0: I was debating with this. I was like, I can't tell if there's an allusion to a potential non-consensual
1: incident that happened. I do get the sense that wherever this may have started, I don't think it continued or ended in a consensual place. Right. Yeah.
0: And in a way that very much feels like he has, or maybe not that he has no idea, but he believes that they both Mm -hmm. wanted it. And yep. everything about Padma's body language suggests that...
1: Nope. No? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that becomes even clearer later when we hear Padma literally say that she didn't like the experience. Mm-hmm. She didn't enjoy it. And yeah. it could just be that she meant she didn't enjoy the experience of cheating. That is hinted at, yeah. for sure. But so Padma in this conversation with Mohan, she says that she's there because of her art, because of her skill. Um, and she tells him that if he tries to contact her again, then she's going to tell his wife about their affair. And then Anita shows up at the gallery, but she and Padma have this like almost normal interaction about a piece of Padma's art and then they go to this kind of like park sort of looks like maybe a, a theme park and Anita is talking about how her dad he's become this like very soft being now he's not this like scary presence that he used to be right and she starts to say to Padma they used to be so madly in love with each other they can't end this relationship so easily. They have to fight for it. They have to work for it. And so she says, why don't we have a kid? She has learned about IVF. Yeah. And so she's like, why don't we take my egg and we'll get some sperm from a random guy. You'll be the carrier and you'll have our baby and then we'll be a family. And uh, yeah. Padma is like, okay, well, first of all, we don't have the money to take care of a kid. And she also says she left her home because she wanted to avoid just being someone's wife. But now Anita treats her like a servant. Anita's always insisting that she's a lady, so she should carry her own child. And Padma, she gets off the train, she runs off, Anita goes after her, and she's begging Padma for a chance to prove herself. And in this moment, Padma confesses that she is pregnant and that she wants to get an abortion. Mm Mm-hmm. And Anita doesn't take this well, which is understandable, but she does immediately say, like, okay, well, the baby's Mohans, right? And yeah. Padma's like, that question is proof that there is nothing left between us. Oh. You know, she didn't, she went right to accusation. Yeah. And then we see them back home. Anita is like grabbing Padma and like forcing her to kiss her and saying, like, isn't this how guys like this to go like is this how he did this Ugh, which again it's, it's so just,
0: gross it's yeah. so
1: gross yeah and Padma like she's had enough at this point she like pulls off her shirt and she's like what do I have to do do I have to sleep with you to get you to like make some food for me or take care of the house in any kind of way and Anita, she's saying that like the reason that Padma has kept the baby this long is because Mohan is the owner of this gallery, and she's trying to manipulate him to keep Ugh. displaying his art. It's just all like he doesn't so toxic. Know. Yeah. Eventually, Padma says she got to a point where she realized that she didn't fit into Anita's life. All Anita cared about was her acting career. Padma was just there to like take care of her. She wasn't really actually a human presence in Anita's life, and so she felt mm-hmm. weak. She met up with Mohan, she made this choice, and now she just wants to forget about it. Yeah. And Anita won't let her forget about it. and That's where this, there's really no moving forward for these two. Yeah. And so we see Padma does choose to get the abortion, and after that happens, uh, she tells Anita that they're moving out, they're going their separate ways, it's over. Um, And Anita, she does end up moving back home with her family. And at home, she finds an old cassette player, which she brings to the hospital. She's playing old music for her dad. And then she comes across this recording of her playing with her dad as a small child. um, And he starts to actually like respond and wake up.
0: Yeah.
1: And Anita almost takes his hand, but then she remembers how he beat her. And she actually watches the recording that she has still saved. And then we start to hear his heart rate dropping. She's taking a video of him as he's basically dying. And as she's taking that video, she's remembering these moments, both fond memories of her dad and terrible traumatizing memories of her dad, like alongside one another. And then we hear he flatlines and then he dies.
0: That was such a hard moment. And I think they filmed it so brilliantly Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's this struggle on the audiences part too where it's this oh he was a bad guy but Mm -hmm. then he had so much love for her as a child and like what could have been and what happened and oh and just how she must be feeling in that moment too of like wanting that side of him but that's not been her experience for many many years yeah
1: Yeah, it's that people are complicated thing coming back Mm -hmm. again. And here's Anita, who is this very complicated character who, on the one hand, there's all this beauty to what she's bringing to this story. And on on the other hand, she is a bit of a villain. And I don't want to say that she's relating to her dad, because her dad is a very different kind of a villain in her story. But it is really interesting to see her grappling with understanding her full being, while also trying to see her dad as both of these things in her life, both a loving presence and a hateful presence. Right. Very well done, very well acted, very well directed, all of it very well put together. But so after this scene, we see Anita sitting on the street wearing a sari. Mm -hmm. And there's just this random woman who's like (laughs) sitting next to her, bugging her and telling her that she needs to wax if she wants to get married. And then Anita responds that marriage, love, and having kids, none of that is related to one another. And any of those things can live independently from the others. And then she turns to the camera and she says, mustache under my nose ring, expanding the boundaries of beauty. Coming soon. Uh, So this is a gig that Anita Uh is working on. Um, but it also
0: gave me chills because I didn't know necessarily. Yeah. So I was like, is this the director breaking the fourth wall intentionally? And I, I mean, I think yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but under the guise of this being a gig. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's layers and layers and layers happening here. And it's like Love it. But so the director calls cut, the director in the movie. <laughs> and Anita's like, yeah, this is my first time wearing a sari. <laughs> uh, which I think is really funny, but. The director praises Anita and actually offers her a role in her next movie. Um, And she explains the role and it's similar to Anita herself in the way that she moves through her life. Uh, But the director Mm -hmm. says, you're going to have to cut your hair super short. And Anita's on board. And so she goes, she gets the super short haircut and boy, does she look great.
0: (laughs) So great.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And again, it's remarkable to me that this woman looks amazing with all of the hair lengths (laughs) that she has throughout this movie. Uh And then we see her go to her doctor's office and she's learning more about in vitro fertilization. And the nurse is saying to her, like, yeah, you deserve to be a mom and nobody has the right to take that away from you. If that's what you want, then that's what you deserve to have. This is a very poignant, impactful moment for Anita, who's contemplating this huge next step in her life. And finally, Anita back home watches a news report about Padma who has started an organization where she provides free art education as well as sustainability education to underprivileged children, specifically those who are child laborers. Yes. Um, And we see Anita clearly very proud of her former partner. And the movie ends with a quote from Charles Darwin, the world will not be inherited by the strongest, it will be inherited by those most able to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that's the end of the
0: movie. See, that ending mixed with that quote does get me a little bit emotional. Yeah. It depicted this really sad ending to a relationship that started out so loving and promising. Mm -hmm. But it still ends on this really hopeful
1: note. It's so great, too, to be able to interpret that as individuals being able to change. Like we see so much change in both Padma and Anita, for better and for worse, over the course of the film. And on the idea of society at large changing.
0: hmm
1: I agree. Yeah. Gosh, it's a
0: really, yeah. really good
1: movie. I'm so glad we watched it. Me too.
0: Yeah, I think it's one that will stick with me for a really yep. long time. Just Definitely. because of the emotion behind it. Absolutely. It felt very true to this director's experience and... hmm I'm not sure how much I can comment on that.
1: (laughs) I think that's very fair. Yeah, and I do just want to say again that this movie is leaving space for people to be flawed in a way that I think is really, really important and significant. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, thinking about criticism that I read around LGBTQ movies coming out of Bollywood where... Queer people needed to follow the rules, quote unquote. Right. Um, I appreciate that. Anita, even though she, like you said, there's kind of this feeling of her playing the man in the relationship because she refuses to do any housework.
0: Right. Right
1: the point is being made that anyone can cause harm in a relationship. It's not Mm -hmm. about like one person needs to be in this role. The other person needs to be in this role. Right. And when there's lack of appreciation for what both people are bringing to a relationship, that's where harm can certainly happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear where, uh, where your research took you for this week
0: yes as you said last week we kind of structured what we wanted to discuss yeah and I know I was trying to figure out like gosh what's the title for this subject (laughs) and I was like the legality of queerness in India yeah (laughs) is the most accurate title I could come up with I know we talked about section 377 last week And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm Mm going to try to not repeat information that you've already stated. But I figured we'll just kind of go through some major legislative acts in recent history regarding LGBTQ rights. So this doesn't really fit into the rest of what I am planning to talk about, which focuses on things in the 2000s. But it feels important to note that in 1994... Hijras were legally granted the right to vote. And for anyone who doesn't know, there is a third gender in like Hindu tradition, um, and that is what Hijra refers to. They typically, if we're looking for a more specific definition, and knowing that this is a really loose definition, typically a Hijra is someone who is born biologically male, mm-hmm. but does not identify as male. Okay. Um, and they received the right to vote in 1994. Because they're considered a traditional class of people, according to Hindu tradition. So I find that really interesting.
1: Yeah. It's super interesting, one, that there is this recognized third gender. Mm -hmm. Two, that this is a gender that recognizes itself as distinct from being transgender, which I don't have a a great understanding of that, but that is my understanding of Hindu folks. And also um, that they didn't get to vote until 1994. I know, that's also, also what I, I, I... was
0: just sitting here thinking, huh.
1: It's like, I was alive then.
0: Yeah, like, why weren't they allowed to legally vote before? Yeah. Hmm. That's a chin tapper. <laughs> Moving into transgender, Mm -hmm. because it's interesting that you brought that up, but the 2011 census estimated that around 488,000 Indians identified as transgender. Okay. So that seems to be the most recent number that I could find. Important to note that the Indian government defines transgender as anyone who is living with an identity different than their born sex. Oh, okay. Transgender does not necessarily just mean a biologically male person or a biologically female person who identifies as male or female. It encompasses, like, multiple groups within yeah. that. Basically, if you're not male or female and fit into the binary, they're like, oh, we'll put you into the transgender section. Mm, Interesting.
1: And that's also, that feels like a small number to me. Like, Uh uh-huh. Like it might be underreported. Like given that there's a billion people who live on the Indian Uh subcontinent, that's like half of 1%. Yeah.
0: It's good that you mentioned that because yeah, this is a real concern is underreporting. Because most official data sources collect sex-related data in a male-female binary format. Mm. It has only been very recently that they have started to include an other category, and that's where that number came from. Wow. Just other. Other. (laughs) Okay. So obviously the queer community has some things to say about that. Yeah. Where you're basically like, uh, we don't wanna acknowledge the many different identities present in this community, so we're just gonna say other and we'll treat you all the same.
1: And we're literally gonna call them other. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Horrific. Not good. Like, no. Just make it better. But so, yes, yeah, so the way that this survey structure works, it inherently excludes anyone who identifies as non binary. And that has major implications for legal documentation. Yeah. So many queer people are unable to get identity cards with their lived names and lived gender identities. Mm. And because of that, they're excluded from a lot of uh, social security benefits.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Because they basically don't have any documentation unless they want to go by their born name. Yeah. But so, yeah, so basically the government is dead naming a whole group of people. And then there was a ruling in 2014 called the NALSA ruling, where the Supreme Court recognized transgender as a third gender and stated that gender identity is not related to biological characteristics, but is a quote, innate perception of one's gender, end quote. Which is, yes, true. Yeah. But so this ruling upheld transgender people's rights to self-identify and also just queer people in general, their Mm -hmm. rights to self-identify, and required that central and state governments legally recognize people's gender identities. And it also provided a pathway for people to change their lived name and gender identity in order to acquire new identity cards true to those identities. Oh, that's great. However, it sounded really good on paper, and it didn't work so well in practice. Okay. There's still things that are being fixed. There still seems to be a lot of confusion and bureaucratic red tape when someone does try to get updated identity cards. Mm. It's a lengthy legal process, and some legal officials that queer people were meeting with might not even be aware that this is now allowed. Wow. And so as a result, people tend to travel to Delhi to apply for identity cards there because that's like the central hub. But not everyone can get to Delhi. You know, There's just barriers there as well. Another barrier to get updated identity cards is that people are required to show other identification documents that their parents might have possession of, like a birth
1: certificate. Oh, so they have to, like, come out to their parents in order to do this.
0: Basically, yes. Yes. And since many trans and queer people run away from home and don't necessarily grab all of their important documents before they do, collecting those documents can be really difficult, if not impossible. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Apparently only 33% of, quote, trans people... Again, understanding that trans in the government's language means anyone who does not identify as male or female. Right. Only 33% of trans people interviewed in a Kerala government survey had identity cards actually matching their lived identities. Wow. And in Uttar Pradesh and Delhi, it was 16%. Wow. wow. Yeah. So progress still to be made there yeah apparently it was a real problem during covid because the government had lgbtq specific aid that it wanted to send out mm-hmm. but it could only do that if you had the proper like legal documentation oh wow but there are people who haven't been living by their you know born name for many many years and then the government's like well we don't have record of you so it was kind of a a crap shoot
1: yeah oh that's terrible
0: yeah So then in 2019, there was an act passed called the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act. And I thought, wow, that sounds great. It's not. Oh. (laughs) And so apparently this is a third iteration of previous bills in 2016 and then 2018, which drew massive criticism from the queer community and allies for a lot of different reasons. Some of those reasons including criminalizing begging and requiring sex reassignment surgery to legally identify as either a man or a woman.
1: Oh my God, requiring? Yes. That's Um, so
0: disturbing. Basically what they said is that you can get documentation stating that you identify as other. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you are a person who is biologically female and you want to identify as male, you have to get sexual reassignment surgery and have a doctor sign off that you got it in order for the government to issue new identity paperwork saying that you are male. Wow. Obviously, the queer community has a big problem with that.
1: Yeah. Forcing people to go to that. Yes, and like there are plenty of people who voluntarily would choose that but right but it's not right for everyone to have to go to that yeah but so
0: some of the other bad pieces of this act is that it only allows people to change their first name on their identity documents and not their last name so the government is criticized for using this uh, stipulation to uphold the caste system And what it inevitably does is keep people tied by name to biological families who may have inflicted great trauma. It's horrible. And this swath of three bills also mandated lower punishment for crimes committed against trans people than existing punishment for crime against cis people. Sexual assault against a queer person is punished by a term of maximum two years, whereas Rape committed against a cis-hetero woman is punished by a term of minimum seven years.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, it's literally called Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act. And you are saying that, yeah, I mean, if you go almost murder a queer person,
1: yeah, you might get two years, but probably not. It's like fully stripping the humanity from these people Mm -hmm. and saying that they're legally less than.
0: Yeah. And finally, it also required that queer and trans people seeking updated identification documents have to go before a screening committee specific to their state that is not guaranteed to have any queer representation on it Mm. and is also not guaranteed to be unprejudiced against you. But you need to go up against that if you want to take advantage of any social welfare programs geared towards the queer community. Right. So the queer community has a lot of... Things wrong with this bill. About the begging, they said that certain transgender identities, such as hijras, engage in begging as a ritual custom, while Mm. other queer people rely on it to make money to live. Yeah. They also protested the absence of, quote-unquote, mandatory reservations, which is basically, like, affirmative action in the States. So they were saying they want reserved spots in certain educational institutions and certain employment opportunities to ensure that queer people are given a fair chance at education and gainful employment. But that has yet to be codified into any sort of legislation.
1: So the one like potentially positive component isn't being enforced <laughs> yeah. or really carried forward in any kind of way.
0: Yep. And it's important to note that the queer community was not consulted in forming mm-hmm. these bills. There were no surveys conducted of the community. Recommendations that were made by the queer community were ignored. Like they formed a standing committee that put forth some recommendations and did not really get a seat at the table.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, this legislation has been criticized by Human Rights Watch. Mm-hmm. That's 2019.
1: Yeah. It feels like just such basic stuff to turn to the people who you're writing legislation about to ask them questions of like, what is it that you need and what will actually benefit you from being Mm -hmm. able to exist in this world comfortably if that is genuinely the goal of what you're putting forward? Yeah. And I wonder, like with the begging thing, like, what is the justification that they claim? It's clearly designed to discriminate and it's clearly designed to prevent people from being able to practice begging in in whatever way they would choose to but like so it is
0: interesting I read an article that said that the government doesn't necessarily just mean begging when they say that it also alludes to sex work oh okay which we also see in the states Mm -hmm. (laughs) that a lot of times that is the one of the only paths forward um to make income and then yeah the government is saying no, you can't do that, but also we're not really going to open up any doors for you anywhere else either. Right.
1: So and instead love. of, like, protecting the people who would right. choose or feel forced to make a living in that way, just saying they right. can't do it and making them criminals. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I also just wanted to touch base on Article 377 again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was enacted in 1861 and was left over from British rule. So after mm-hmm. the British left, this remained. It's interesting. It found not only homosexual activity immoral, but also determined that anal and oral sex, even between heterosexual people, was also it was immoral as well.
1: Okay. <laughs> and then I just, I'm just like, wow. you <laughs> sex nice? forcing these things. <laughs> your sex life must have been really boring. <laughs> The British man like no wonder they felt like they had to go out and conquer people. They like just stopped. Yeah. I don't mean to belittle a a very serious and heinous thing that happened for centuries. No, absolutely. But also but... like you do kind of need to laugh about it. Yeah, I just there's so much
0: fear and it's like just let everyone live their lives. It doesn't yeah. affect you. Just like um have a blowjob, it's fine. Yeah, you might like it. <laughs> In 2009, in the NAS Foundation versus Government of NCT of Delhi, the Delhi High Court ruled that Section 377 was in violation of the rights provided by the Indian Constitution. So that was in 2009, which I thought was interesting because yeah. I was like, I thought it was overturned in 2018. Yeah. Yes, so it was overturned in 2009, and then in 2012, the Ministry of Home Affairs objected to the decriminalization of homosexuality. And then five days later, they were like, never mind, we actually are in support of it. Okay. (laughs) So they drew a lot of um, criticism for flip-flopping, and again, flip-flopping in a weird, like three years after the act had been repealed... Yeah, like, who knows what the government was thinking in that time. Mm -hmm. But it did clearly have some staying power because in December 2013, so, like, four years after people had already been living out and free, loving who they want to love openly, the Supreme Court overturned the Delhi High Court's ruling, prompting concern that homosexual couples who had begun living openly would now be vulnerable to blackmail and physical attacks. And apparently that did happen, that people were then blackmailed because people knew that they were gay, but now it was illegal again. Yeah. Just horrible.
1: That is so backwards, and also just, it makes me think about, like, where we're at in the U.S. right now. Just like, like, with, the, yeah. The backsliding.
0: Right. And then it's like, how how can you do that? And then I guess the answer is, you just do it. It just happens. Yeah. yeah. But so then the NAS Foundation and the central government filed petitions to the Supreme Court. Also interesting that at this point, central government was like, no, we really are on the side of legalizing homosexuality. But yeah, the Supreme Court dismissed those petitions on the grounds that prior to 2009, fewer than 200 people over 150 years had been criminally charged under Act 377. So their whole thing thinking was, it's such a minuscule part of our population, we don't even need to repeal it. Like, it doesn't affect people. So then get rid of it. Like, I don't understand. uh (laughs) Yeah. Then in 2015, there was another attempt to repeal it. That failed until finally in August 2017, the Supreme Court ruled that the right to individual privacy is protected under the Indian Constitution Mm -hmm. and also stated that sexual orientation is a private matter. So then everyone was like, great, if you just ruled that privacy is protected and sexual orientation is private... This should then lead to a repealing of uh, Section 377. Yeah. And sure enough, in September 2018, as we saw in our movie last week, Mm -hmm. um, the Supreme Court overturned its previous 2013 ruling and abided by the original 2009 ruling by the Delhi High Court, and they abolished Section 377. Yay. Feels important to just name how flippy floppy that whole journey was. And how that must have felt as a queer person. Absolutely. Feeling like you won so much in 2009 and then nine
1: years later being like,
0: deja vu. Yep. I thought we already had this.
1: And just how easy it is to take that away again is so disturbing. And so, yeah, just, just, it's horrible. Yeah. So that's
0: where we're at. There's so much more to say, but that's like the bare bones of legislation yeah. in India.
1: Well, it is really helpful to have that structure. And I know that next week, what we really want to do is look more closely at kind of individual stories and experiences. Yeah, And so certainly knowing what exists kind of broad strokes is, right. is helpful for understanding the context of what people experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, I wanted to keep reading and then I was like, I have to stop. Somewhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Again, yeah, it just, I mean, it, it makes my skin crawl to think about how easy it is to take away the rights that the government bestows yeah. upon people begrudgingly. Right. And also to know that there are these archaic rules existing around transgender folks Yeah,
0: again, even to just be able to check a box that accurately tells your identity without literally being otherized. Yes, like
1: literally othering yourself, like putting yourself directly into that box because Uh, it's the only box that has been created for you. Right.
0: So, uh, yeah, Bollywood
1: news. (laughs) What a transition. (laughs)
0: But yes Sometimes it's not easy
1: <laughs> No, definitely not
0: I have two things Great Vicky Kushal mm-hmm. Is coming out with a new movie Yes,
1: he is Can't tell you anything about what this movie's about <laughs> Can you? Yeah, well, and it's Sarah Ali Khan Mm-hmm and the movie Zara Hotke, Zara Bachke. And I watched the trailer for it. And they also released a song earlier this week. Katie and I are recording way in the past from when you're actually <laughs> yes. listening to this episode. Like, um, we're recording almost like a month. Yeah. <laughs> <ahead. laughs> yeah. But it seems to be about divorce. Okay. There seems to be like a pretty divorce forward plot line happening. The trailer didn't have subtitles so I don't so you're just guessing but the word divorce was getting thrown around a lot
0: okay that's really interesting it's not like how we were watching Shezada's trailer we were like what is this about and then later found out Shezada
1: meant prince and then (laughs) found out that it's not even about a prince oh that was so confusing (laughs) so many ups and downs in the Shezada world
0: but no that sounds really interesting yeah and it's coming out June 2nd. So at the time this episode comes out, the movie will already be out. <laughs> and we'll probably have already gone out of theaters around us. <laughs> wow. My, my other piece of Bollywood news that will uh-huh. be relevant yeah. is that Kartik Aryan is also coming out in a new film. Yes. Very exciting. S- yeah, Satya Prem Ki Kata. Mm-hmm. And that is coming out June 29th. So, by the time this episode drops, it will not be out yet. Yay. So look forward to that. I have literally no idea what this movie's about.
1: Me neither. It was billed as the biggest musical romance of the year. Huh. So, I'm definitely on board.
0: I mean, whatever. sure, but I also feel like sometimes I, I don't know that I now trust any descriptions.
1: <laughs> no, I definitely. Of I've lost any trust I ever had for the Bollywood industry, but I guess I don't have trust, but I have hope, maybe? Sure, yeah. I'm like, it'll be good.
0: Hopefully, maybe. (laughs) We'll watch it. That's a fact.
1: We will definitely watch it. That is true. Anyway. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Plugables. Plugables.
0: Follow us on Instagram. Yay! Uh, Two white girls talk Bollywood. Uh, I say this every week, but you know, do what you do on Instagram. <laughs> like <laughs> our photos, follow, follow us. us. Comment if you want. Yeah. Send us a DM. That would be great. Thank yeah. you.
1: Also, We'd love to see you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, you are, of course, you know, you're welcome to follow and subscribe us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to get subscribers and you can also leave a review or give us a rating on said platform as well should you fancy
1: yes it's up to you how you want to interact with us And uh, please also join us on YouTube and Spotify where we maintain our Bollywood Bangers playlists. We add favorite songs from the movies we watch to those playlists. We won't be adding anything this week because, again, there's really not much out there about Nanu Ladies or the Mm -hmm. the songs that exist in the movie. But usually we add at least two and sometimes three songs. So (laughs) then we have weeks like this where we add nothing and it all kind Uh of catches up to itself. It balances out. Yeah, but we put links to those in the episode descriptions and on Instagram on Tuesdays.
0: Yes, our next film I am so excited for.
1: Yeah, so we are watching Chandigarh Kare Ashiki, which is another Ayushman Karana movie, and it's also got Vani Kapoor, so excellent star power. I saw this movie once, I'm excited to see it again now knowing all of the critiques
0: Mm-hmm. That folks
1: have about movie Because this, again, is a movie about a trans woman mm-hmm. being played by a cis woman. Yeah. And I've said this before that I feel like this movie is simultaneously far ahead of where we're at in Hollywood as well as far behind. Because... Right. I neither think that a mainstream Hollywood movie about a cishet man falling in love with a trans woman would come out in Hollywood now right. and be like popular amongst the general populace. And I mm-hmm. also don't think a movie where a cishet woman playing a trans woman would garner any sort of acclaim either.
0: I agree. I think if that movie were made in Hollywood, it would be with a trans actor. Yes. yes. As it should be. As it should be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But again, it's kind of like, yeah, hearkening back to our conversation last week where Mm -hmm. it's like, some representation as long as it's well-meaning
1: is still probably better than zero representation right and I also think there's something to be said for having these movies come out with big actors that are going to draw people in and also then knowing these actors probably are in support of Mm -hmm. these causes is probably helpful to those causes and then it also is taking jobs from yeah queer trans gay actors yeah so as
0: long as we see in the next like five years that those actors are actually getting jobs yep great yeah (laughs) I think hindsight will be (laughs) 2020
1: I I, (laughs) yes I fully agree like let's make sure that this is this is a starting point this isn't where we're at forever Yeah. yeah still excited to watch this movie very excited to to break it down IMDb's plot description is Manu, a bodybuilder from Chandigarh, India, falls in love with Manvi, a Zumba teacher. All seems well until a revelation causes turmoil in their love story.
0: hmm The Netflix synopsis is
1: very similar.
0: Sparks fly when bodybuilder Manu meets Zumba instructor Manvi, but Manu struggles with ingrained bias upon learning Manvi's deeply personal story. hmm Yeah, I will say that I'm like watching the preview on Netflix and I'm excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a, a fun love story. And also, there's some stuff. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
0: And yeah, the title is spelled C H A N D I G A R H space K A R E space.
1: A-A-S-H-I-Q-U-I. And it's on Netflix. Yay. Huzzah. I hope everyone, well, I won't say I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope everyone gets something out of it uh, when they watch it. And I look forward to diving in next week.
0: Well then. Until next week, which is really going to be like a month from now. I (laughs) know. Remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. I honestly don't know a lot about Kannada language films, but mm-hmm. I assume that their industry also doesn't need two random white girls.
1: Probably not. Uh-huh. But. Um,
0: <laughs> but what we have learned through watching Nanu Ladies is that we do need
1: those films. Exactly. Yes. So, there you go. <laughs> well <said. laughs>